Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Thanks for checking out this feed of my favorite interviews and best guests over the last seven years. Whether it's your first time or you're already in a deep dive, make sure you head to billsimmonsinterviews.theringer.com for the entire archive. You can sort by genre, year, and more to easily navigate all your favorite people. Again, that is billsimmonsinterviews.theringer.com. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Wow, you're tall. You were like almost as tall as I was. Anytime I meet an actor, I'm always I, I'm always prepared for anything from like five foot four <laughs> to six three. You never know. Well, but I've, yeah, I think you're like the seventh tallest actor in Hollywood. Yeah, I actually am. Clint Eastwood, Liam Neeson, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> uh, I like. I think that maybe Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's like ben a Affleck's solid tall. six two. DiCaprio's pretty tall. Yeah. Um, uh, Adam Driver's pretty tall. Adam Driver, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah, he's tall. Should be a basketball team of tall. Actors. I think he probably would. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a horrible basketball team. <laughs> well, actually, I shouldn't speak for the tall. Maybe they play basketball at some point. But you've only done one sports movie, right? Southpaw. Um, Do were you in anything else? You weren't in a team sport movie yet. No, uh-uh. be a lot of time. I almost. I really, when I was a kid, because I was a kid actor, I really wanted to be in the Sandlot. Did you audition for it? I did. I auditioned for the Sandlot. Oh my yeah. god! I want to make sure my phone's off. This is uh, that's probably my son's favorite movie or no top way. three. But it's funny, like that now that they're streaming, it just keeps going. The next generation just jumps in, and then it just what used to be what a graveyard part did you try out for? Uh, the like nerdy kid. I forget his name. Oh, that's but, a like, tough loss. But then the kid who I played actually played with. I played over in a, uh, over here in L.A. Um, at John Burroughs High School. Like they had, you know, they had like the baseball league over there. And um, the kid who was like star player actually got cast as like the star player in the movie. You know, the like. The kind of tall kid yeah, who had tall, a good game? Yeah, tall, good yeah. looking kid who was like, yeah, that's, he. I played baseball with him over at John Burroughs. Wow. Yeah. So you're an LA kid then? I was born I did here, no yeah. research for this. Yeah, I, I always like to learn as I go with the cool with the thing. Well, so you and your sister, LA kids that get in acting. Yes. Yes. Parents or you wanted it? Parents wanted it or you wanted no, it? No, no, no. I, I, I don't know. I'm not consciously. Yeah. But um, my 
my father's a director. He directs yeah. TV. Um, and my mom's a screenwriter. So we, we, we come by it honestly or not honestly in Hollywood terms, I guess. Yeah. Probably. Um, I don't know. Yeah. We come by faking it really honestly. Uh, and, um, so we were sort of in LA and in that kind of trying to make movie scenes since we were kids. And then we just got into acting. We like doing commercials and all that no, stuff. No, like, no, no. Not- we didn't do that. We, I, I took acting classes with my kid. My parents let me do that. And then. What, uh, what high school did you go to? I went to Harvard Westlake high school. Interesting. A, bas- yeah. a baseball powerhouse now. Powerhouse. They're, they're like a college university. Practically. I, I went to high school with the Collins twins, actually. They were in uh, the oh, yeah. class right above me. Yeah. So, you know, I'm used to tall and they're tall and smart. So mm. yeah, I went with them, but yeah, they are a baseball powerhouse and they, they're in a pretty, it's a pretty incredible school all around academically too. I mean, um, and the performing arts department there is incredible too. I mean, uh, that was really where I learned about like the literature and the history of, you know, particularly theater. And then from an incredible teacher there named Ted Walsh, who a number of people, who have passed through there. Like Jason Siegel was in my class. Actually, he played basketball. He was, a, he played Another with the tall guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like super tall. Yeah. We were in the same, we were in the same, we went to, the, he was one year older, but we were in the same class. I mean, same school. So, yeah. So you were like, like age 17, 18, you're like, I'm going to be an actor. I'm doing this. Uh, yeah, I guess I thought that, you know, I, I did, I was, what I was doing was in between my free periods, I was um going to auditions. So if I had like a double free period, um, I would schedule an audition if it was possible and I would go run out. And usually because this, the high school is in studio city. So, um, usually a lot of those places where you audition are like around studio city and, and the Valley. So I would just rush out, finish class, rush out, get my car, go do an audition and come back. Make yourself cry. Yeah. Make myself cry. And then, uh, <laughs> make myself cry. <laughs> And then work up yeah. some sort of emotion yeah. in 10, 10 minutes. Punch myself in the face in the car and just walk right in, come back out. <laughs> then, um, but when I was 16, it was really funny. I was 16. I was, um, I was not cast in the school play and I thought I was going to get it because I had been in a lot of plays and I was pretty cocky about it. And I like, I walked into the audition and I asked Ted Walsh, just the, the theater teacher there, you know, where, how to get to this, like, professional audition I was I was going to go do after and I didn't really memorize memorize my lines and I didn't really give it much focus and uh I was like I'm gonna get this I'll get the starring part in this and then I went and did the other audition and I went to the like cast list the next day and I wasn't cast and I was like what's up with that and I was heartbroken and uh I went up to him and he's like you know um being an actor is not just about being good at what you do it's about being respectful to the people around you and you walked in here and you were you know you asked where the next audition was and you you know didn't really know your lines and i don't want someone like that in my production and it was the biggest lesson i've learned that's awesome yeah yeah it's funny how you can have one thing like that happening in your formative years and it can completely flip your perspective on things well the irony of that was the next couple of weeks i auditioned for this movie called october sky which was the first movie that i was starting and I was 16 and I, I got the part and he then cast me in the musical, <laughs> the, the school musical the next semester. And I couldn't do it cause I went to go make that movie. Yeah. And he came to visit me on set. Actually, we shot in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, um, he came to visit me on set and, um, he's, he, I, I, when I take off my, my wardrobe at night, when you, after you finish work, a lot of people kind of throw it, throw it on the, the wherever you are like the bed or whatever in a, in a trailer 
And I always like to fold it up. Like I always like take it. And he saw me doing that. And he was like, that's what I'm talking about. He's like, fold, he's like, fold up your, fold up your costume. So, you know, be respectful to everybody. And yeah. that was a big lesson that he, that he taught me. I've since totally abandoned that, you know, but, um, <laughs> but you give me the list star. Just yeah, who cares? respect, around. whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just, <laughs> it's all about the money, but, um, no, I, that's, that's always been in my, it's always in my head. And that was super formative, but yeah, Harvard Westlake, that's the, yeah, an amazing performance. I want to talk about Stronger and then I want to go through, I want to zip through your IMDb and talk about some of the oh, movies in it. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I have it printed it's a out. a long bumpy ride. <laughs> Stronger is emotional. I mean, obviously I have, I'm from Massachusetts and spent my first 32 years of my life in New England and lived in Boston the last 10 years I was there. And the marathon's kind of holy ground. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I've gotten nervous anytime there's been a marathon movie. Patriot's yeah. Day, I was super nervous because that was almost like an action movie. Yeah. And they handled it well and it's good. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they made it. Your movie, which I intentionally didn't read about because I wanted to just kind of throw myself into it. And it's about Jeff Bauman. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 grueling. but mm-hmm. I, And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just, I mean, you're in it from the get-go as a viewer and- you see everything and uh it was really emotional like i, I was kind of it was one of those movies you leave the theater and you're just kind of like what do i do now uh, hmm. gotta go get some food but it, i thought my it dad was terrific. Said, my dad went to shake check after last night he saw the movie he was like really? i just felt so relieved and so happy and so like life was good he's like so him and his wife he's like so we went to shake shack <laughs> i was like <laughs> chicken awesome, sandwich dad yeah <laughs> so you you've had a few of these roles that you just you know, just these really taxing roles. Is that an accident or is that mm. something that you just find yourself attracted to? I don't know, maybe sort of both. I, I mean, I, uh, I'm i drawn to a challenge. Yeah. And then I'm drawn to what moves me. So maybe it's a challenge that moves me. But in the case of Stronger, um, I was just, first of all, when I read it, the screenplay of it in an early draft, I was laughing, you know, I, I didn't know that I would turn to page three and I'd start laughing and then yeah. I'd be crying and I'd be laughing at spots. And like, I think that's what surprised me about it. And they set the, they set the characters up as just these in the wool Boston dudes. Yeah. Initially. And then I think it's just when the event happens, I think the way Jeff handles it yeah, um, is initially through humor. I mean, the first thing he asks when he wakes up uh, is, is, is Aaron, who's his girlfriend, is Aaron okay? Yeah. And then the next thing he says is Lieutenant Dan. You yeah. know what I mean? So I I think, and then the next thing he says is I saw the bomber because he identified the bomber and he was really, he was a pivotal part in catching catching those guys. So, I mean, I think I was just, I, I was moved by it in more ways than that. And then I think that's how I read a script normally is I go, the story's really great and I yeah. want to be a part of it. And then I usually go, oh shit, like, this ch- this character is going through a lot. I didn't even realize it. I just love the story so much, and then I just get in it, you know. So, I am drawn to the physical aspects of performing, yeah, and also the the mental aspects. I don't think they're different in the end. Um, so, yeah. Well, with know? this one, the CGI was almost a character. Yeah, I, I don't think 
we've seen a lot of variations of of this type of movie where especially like Forrest Gump from 20 years ago where yeah. you could you can see now that they yeah. the CGI is pretty obvious this was incredible how they did it yeah like you amazing. don't it's every single scene where there's a wide shot or like I I there were some of them where I was like I don't know how they did that yeah. it's incredible oh yeah I mean well we worked with an incredible company called Mikros who they just do incredible work because they're not about the only them and what they're doing. They're about the scene and what's going on in it. So they'd say to David Gordon Green, the director, and to me, they'd say, well, what do you want to do? And we'd, we'd talk about what we want to do. And then we would all figure out how to get that done. Not so like, like there's a scene where, where um, his girlfriend's sitting on the bed where yeah. your legs would have been, Yeah, but you have legs. Yeah. So like, how do they do that? So in that case, so, it, you know, you, in order to make, pull any, anything like that off, you know, we live in a world now of so much visual effects that I feel like people are not used to like what you'd call in-camera stuff, you know, just stuff you do actually on the set. Yeah. So a mixture of it is always what is, makes the magic. Because it like the two of you were acting and right next to each other. Yeah, we were right next to each yeah. other. And the reason why was because my legs are um, under the bed, under the bed, there are holes in the bed. And then we made prosthetic molds of my the top of my legs because um jeff is a bilateral ak so above the knee both legs and we made prosthetics and of of both sides of my quads basically and then they and then we have an incredible makeup prosthetic guy who created that so i wore these pants that had doubles of my knees and then my and my legs went under and then the prosthetics went over on top of it so i have so i can actually move them underneath it's very yeah. hard to i can move them underneath a little bit um so that's that's so that's why she could do that there but then when, in some cases i have green socks on in the wheelchair and i always have to keep my legs straight out in that scene because you want to keep the thing that makes it work is that it's not like i'm wearing green socks my legs are bent i'm just keeping normal my legs are straight out in green socks. So I'm doing a scene with someone and my legs are just sticking out sometimes in between their legs. Like I'll roll up in, roll up in between. I don't know if it's hard to visualize. No, that, I noticed but. a couple of times where you would see the person behind where your legs should have been. And I, I don't know. It was, they are incredible. They it was do seamless incredible. though, because you bought in immediately with it. And it wasn't, it was one of those things where 20 years ago, I think that kind of stuff could have overshadowed a little bit, but you didn't think about it in this case. When you, so there's like about an hour of this movie that is just grim and the characters in Mm -hmm. a dark place. Are you one of those people when, when you're doing a movie like that, do you go in a dark place or are you able to turn it on and off? Yeah. I mean, I knew like no matter what I did, I wouldn't get anywhere near what Jeff went through. So I just tried to understand everything about him. And I think everybody who, people who were there that day, people who, anyone who was touched by that event, you know, and what happened can feel those feelings, I think somewhere, you know, and, um, but like you're coming home, but back to your hotel at like 1030 at night, like, how do you, how do you get out of that? Sometimes you don't. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you don't. I mean, there's one night to get that scene where I, I have to drag myself across the parking lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like we would roll the camera for like 20 minutes, you know? And I think that struggle sometimes, you know, every time in my mind, you know, you just go like, no matter what you do, you will never understand the pain. So how far can you go? So, you know, rolling a camera for 20 minutes and being in it is tough, but it's nowhere near tough. And, you know, compared to what he's got. So I just kept, you know, you're just in it. And I remember 
after that scene, we finished at like 2 a.m. because we were shooting at like half night, half day. And um, I drove home. My driver's name's Dana. He, he's awesome. And I like thank God for Dana because I wouldn't have been able to get a little bit of the accent without Dana because he's got the best accent. And uh, I just couldn't get out of it, you know? Like I didn't sleep that night. And then I came back to the set that the next morning and – I was like, I went into makeup because I have an incredible makeup artist. He does incredible character work. It's amazing what he did. We have all these discussions about the painkillers that Jeff was on and how that affects your body, how that affects your skin tone, like how the body in stress, you know, when you're sitting there, you sweat while you're trying not to express yourself, but your body's saying something else. You know, we, we talk about that a lot. He's all about physiological, psychological effect yeah. on the body. And it's not just like, ooh, like, let's make you look pretty, you know? I went in and we started talking. I just... I just broke down, like, you know, I, I like, I just cried to him and I was like, this is crazy, you know, and things like that happen, you know, Jeff's story is like that. And there are harrowing times in the story, you know, but. Well, yeah. what I, what I really, what really resonated with me is it was kind of unapologetic. Some of the things it showed, especially like when they, when they take the wraps off his, yeah. off his stumps for the first time and yeah. the camera's just like, we're showing you this. Yeah. And you're gonna go through this with him, yeah. And that that when it gets to that level, that's when I think as a as somebody who's in the theater, that that's the stuff that sticks with you after. I think, well, in, you, a, in a good way. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to. You, you, how you know joy without pain? Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the thing that movies like this, particularly inspirational movies, don't tend to go to. You know, they don't. I, in my opinion, we had to have the balls to be able to go like we're going to go to the pain so we can go to the joy. Yeah. How do you earn that joy? <clears throat> and that was uh well what's what's even cooler the thing i wasn't prepared for was the girlfriend which is a part that can go either way in a movie like this and sometimes can just turn into a wet blanket which is yeah. usually what happens in any sports movie but yeah. um <laughs> but in this one she becomes as sympathetic as him and she's you start incredible. rooting for her and she's also a great actress that usually helps but uh you start rooting for her the same way you're rooting for jeff which is i I guarantee it was the intention when they went into it, but it worked. Oh, that's awesome good. to hear. Yeah. She's the strongest one. Yeah. I mean. And she had, both of you nailed the accents, which I'm very particular about. I was worried. Really, man? Because like I people worry, have been I, giving me, like people like, it's like some, some boss. You're like taking some, shit for it? No, no. Like in person, no. But like, you know, there's some reviews and stuff. People are like, oh, he's doing his best like Brooklyn accent. I'm like, no, no, no. Sorry. I just, you know, I'm like, we worked so hard on it. And I, and, and I, and I, I, you know, that's really good to hear from you. Thank you. I've no, set the record straight. I've talked about this before, but most of the, the Boston accent, the mistake most actors make is they try to do the like, Kennedy, padded. The Kennedy yeah. version. <laughs> so, yeah. It's so true. And then a part of it has the whole, yeah. <laughs> like Damon has, you know, because he's from there. Yeah, he gets I mean, it. come on. Yeah, he has a great one. But like then Martin Sheen and and, and uh, Nicholson's trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing like this New York Bronx accent. <laughs> but you had like, it's attitude. It's 75% the ad. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, it's like, there's there's a hiss to it that you You have to be out. okay with being torn torn apart. Do you know, yeah. like that's a big part of it. If you're okay with it, then then the accent comes out. If you can take some shit, then you're you can probably do that. And her accent. accent was good too. Yeah, well, she's Canadian. Everybody was good. Then you had Lenny Clark, who has one of the five best Boston <laughs> accents Lenny's, on the planet. Like, Lenny's Lenny's one of the five best people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of lines for Lenny. I've known him for a while. That was uh, Oprah's your life. When I saw Kenny. him, I was like, ah, oh, they got Lenny as a Boston guy. And it's like he, he had like seven, eight scenes. Yeah, 
he's fantastic. I've known Lenny for a really long time because my, when I grew up, I grew up, my parents, my mom went to Martha's Vineyard like with an old boyfriend years, like 30, 40 years ago. And yeah. then she brought us there when we were kids. So we've been going, like all my best friends grew, in, grew, up, grew up in and around Boston. So like, because I, I spent my summers over there. So Lenny, I've known actually for a really long time, always come up to me on the beach like, Oh, like, hey, Jake, it's Lenny. Yeah, how you doing? You know, and I'm like, this guy's nuts. And then, and then, like, I, I mean, I love him. I love Lenny so much. And he came in to read, and he was like, you better get me a pot. You get him, give me a pot. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, Lenny. He was fantastic because he's fantastic. And I was like, you got yourself a part. You're, you're Where'd awesome. you shoot this in Massachusetts? Did you actually uh, shoot it in Chelmsford or did you go yeah, all around? Yeah, yeah, we shot all around. We shot in Chelmsford. We shot in Boston, like pr- pretty much in and around Boston. That was yeah. It became kind of hard because we were shoot- they were shooting Patriots Day and also we were shooting at the same time. Yeah. So, um, well, they're to- they're two totally different movies. So, I mean, they are, and but I think the city was very sensitive, you know, rightfully so, you know. And I think when you got so much of that coming in at a time where I feel like people were like, "Look, we're still healing from this," and. And I think there's a rightfully so a skepticism of like what is you know quote unquote Hollywood doing here you know and like but we all had the best intentions and like a lot of love and I think they I think they saw that I hope they see that now but I think they really got that when we were there they know? brought out the best of, of Boston and everything I love about Boston like that this terrible incident and but it happened on like the Holy Boston Day which is like yeah. this special holiday that only people from Massachusetts get off and. Then there's all these stories that, well, they're going to run the marathon again. And everybody's about to like, fuck that. We're doing the marathon again. Yeah. And it was like more people than ever the next year. And it was like yeah. kind of everything I love about the city and what I miss about, you know, living 3,000 miles away. But I, you know, I I had the same reaction when I heard they were making Patriots Day. When I heard about this, I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But Believe me, I was like, oh. Uh, it's a big stakes because if it didn't work out, nobody <laughs> would be angrier and more vengeful, I think, than uh, the Boston people. Have you screened it in Boston yet? Yeah, we, we premiered the movie. The U.S. premiere of the movie was at Spalding Rehabilitation Center in in uh, Charlestown, which is where Jeff rehabilitated, you know, after the injury. It was actually where a, the first, the it, a lot of the first patients there were marathon survivors. Um, yeah. And amputees and they were all there actually um jeff and the doctors and all the caretakers so what's his reaction to this is that i mean this has to be like an out of of body experience for him to watch this yeah i mean think about it i was thinking about it when we were in spalding rehabilitation i was thinking four years ago he was here as an outpatient before that just as a patient trying to recalibrate his entire life and trying to get perspective, being called a hero, not knowing what that meant, you know. Yeah. He always says he was sucker punched, you know, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, you're a hero. And he's like, whoa. Yeah. Let me, give me some, give me some time. Was, that was one of the best scenes when he, they take him to the Bruins game. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah you're going to wave the flag and he's his head spinning and he is, he can't process it. That was the first day. We shot that the first day. Yeah, because we didn't know if the Bruins were going to make the playoffs and they didn't. And so we were like- But you needed the Bruins game. We needed the Bruins game. Yeah. We needed that so bad. Yeah. And um, we, I remember the conversation because we were in pre-production and we were in the production office and Nicholas Stern, our awesome line producer, um, he who did Creed and he's like, he's awesome. And he came, came to Intolves. He's like, is everybody sitting down? And like also because in that scene was one of the biggest, you know, in the elevator, that's a pretty big scene too, where- 
yeah. he gets overwhelmed by everything that's going on and there's a little his like PTSD kind of comes back a bit and so he goes, uh, so listen, uh, it looks like the Bruins are not going to make the playoffs. Uh, and so we need to probably shoot on the first day and we need to like put out basically an APB now and say, Hey, anyone who's going to that game, can you stay? Cause we're going to shoot afterwards and let's just pray they don't lose that night. Cause everyone's going to leave. Right. <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. Jesus. I was like, oh, okay. Like, but this movie has been like that from the, from the jump, like Every single thing about it has said, like, you go deep or you go home. Like, literally, it was that. Every single time. It was like, it's asking that of you. I don't know what it is about the organism that this movie is. Um, Maybe it's just, like, the spirit of Boston or whatever it might be. But everything was like, it looks like we're going to lose this thing. And then, so we get out there and we we shoot some stuff in the box because we have some scenes to shoot in the box. And then the game ends, the Bruins lose, and we make this announcement. Me and Jeff have filmed this thing. It goes up on the Megatron thing. And like, they say, hey, we're filming. If you guys can stay. And, you know, I'm I'm a forever, I mean, hopefully not forever cynic, but I'm definitely a cynic. And I thought, no one's going to stay. And we get down there. I get in the wheelchair. I'm with, there with Tatiana, who plays Aaron in the movie. And our crew's there and our camera crew. And they make the announcement. Lights go down. And they roll me out and I realize that three quarters of the stadium has stayed and they've all come down and including, um, Jeff's boss at Costco, who's gone through Kevin, his, his cousins, like all these people lined up as we're being, as I'm being rolled out and they're all cheering like Jeff, Jeff, USA. And I just got overwhelmed at like overwhelming just by proxy, the love they have for Jeff that everybody stayed. And I just thought like, that was the craziest, most beautiful send off you could ask for. I just thought, man, this city, like, and, uh, and, and that was it. Like, that was how we started thinking we were going to lose, but I think we, we, we didn't. So. So do you think this is the best performance of your career? (laughs) <laughs> or is it fair to even say that? So, like I, I mean, can you, you even judge the, your career like that? Um, no, I, I have no perspective on my career. Yeah, I, I, I don't really plan. I mean, I mean, I, that you know, in all honesty, we're strategic. You know, um, people I work with, you know, we are thoughtful and. Yeah, but you're 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 the rare A list actor who just picks movies you want to make every time. Uh, like you're not. Yeah, I'm sure you've been offered superhero movies and things like that, but it seems like you're you like veering left, right, down, up, doing all kinds of things, yeah, challenging yeah. yourself. You have to know yourself. Not to sound, I'm not not sound like I'm kissing your ass. But no, I'm but that's fine. Studying your I'm career. Cool with that. I don't mind that. Every um, I like I never know what Jake Gyllenhaal movie is next. Oh well, thank you. Uh, no, I mean uh, I just I think I think that I. You got. You got to know who you. You got to know who you are. You got to know your value, and you got to know who who wants. You know, like I've always thought that that I've tried that game. Like I've tried the sort of the huge game. You know, like yeah. And um, like I think I'm. I'd a different. You just type felt like that gambler. wasn't you. Yeah, and I just think I'm a different gambler. You know, like yeah. I gamble. Di- I mean, it doesn't mean you can't. You know, I think everybody has this idea, like go, like you got to do the like this. I don't know, whatever this, we all have this, maybe it's an American thing. It's like, we think we got to go like higher and bigger and all this stuff. And to me, I I think I just bet like, I don't bet safe, but I think I just try and bet with my instinct. 
and say, I got to bet on myself, you know? So if you're going to bet on yourself, you got to bet on what you like and what you can give your everything to. And I think then eventually people go, this guy's probably going to give everything to this, this thing. So maybe I'll go see it. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. What actor did, as you were kind of rising up the ranks, did you say that's the, that's the type of career I'd want? That guy's career, or did you not have one? I don't know. I didn't really look at. I mean, for a little while there, I really, really respected. Like, I mean, I still do really respect. But I think I early on, I was, I looked at like. There was like Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire and those that group of guys who who were working with great directors. Yeah, I think their choice is like just work with great f- directors, and you'll be cool. And um, smart move. Yeah, it's a smart move. And you're not really in that group. Are you too young for them? They're um, like a little yes, older, right? I am way too young for them. No, uh, <laughs> like five years too. Those young? dudes are old. No, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm like I'm like eight years younger, eight, five, eight, eight years younger than them. Yeah, oh, man, like you missed out on a lot of good parties. I know they couldn't have folded you in like a, like some, a younger brother type thing. Again, I've been to some pretty good parties. They've just guess. been a little bit, you know, <laughs> maybe not as high profile. But you know what? Like it's my thing. I just do my thing. You know, right? So uh, <laughs> no, they're they're covered. They don't need anybody else. That's you know? true. They yeah. have enough. I think they have yeah. enough in the group. What's what was your biggest paparazzi run? Where you were just. What do you mean, like Us running Weekly away or from or towards? No, or? just when oh. all of a sudden you're in Us Weekly all the time and you're like, how did I get here? What happened to my life? Um, that's sort of how I feel every day. <laughs> <laughs> how did I get here? What happened to my life? It's sort of, sort of a general <laughs> mantra. But um, I don't know, in my early 20s, I think there was there was like- um, Like when you were dating Kirsten Dunst? Yeah, like when I first- People were taking photos Kirsten. of you guys having coffee. And- yeah. Yeah, that was intense. What that's we were weird. doing was intense. Yeah. Yeah. That was like kind of the height of the early paparazzi before like- Yeah, that was when getting coffee, like that garnered like a lot of attention. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was like someone, I was on Conan O'Brien the other night and he was like, there's this Instagram page called like things Jake does or something like that. What? And yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so funny. It's There are pictures of me eating a sandwich and laughing and they've cut people out of it. And it's just, <laughs> it's like Jake laughing at his sandwich. It's the best. It's like- <laughs> Like Jake being amazed by snow. Cause like yeah. there's like pictures of me, like at some premiere, I did this movie the day after tomorrow and there's like all this snow coming down. They did for like the red carpet. And so I was like smiling and I was like, that wasn't snow. That's cocaine. I, mean, when- <laughs> <laughs> I do think social media has changed the game with that stuff. Cause like last decade that was, you, you know, you read us week or whatever to stay in touch with whatever celebrities you like that were interested in and stuff like that. And now they, you yourself, just get them directly. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> saying me personally, <laughs> but now like Instagram and, and the way Twitter and the way people can just go directly to their fans. It doesn't seem like, like who's on Robertson taking pictures of people coming out of the Ivy, you know, to, when I was living here in the mid two thousands, you know, you get on Robertson and there's paparazzi everywhere and now robertson's like all half the stores are gone well that's nice well not nice here that all the stores are gone but well it's it, nice from a privacy standpoint it's probably a little easier 
Yeah, I mean, I think after a while you just learn how to, you know, go to the places where you feel most comfortable, you know? I think that's basically... You're not used to it, I can tell. What? Just being just being famous and having somebody take a picture of you as you're like coming out of the gym. I'm not, I, I'm not used to that. And I know that's like a, but I also will say that um, it's one of those things where they always like catch you like scowling and stuff like that. Because generally what I would say, and this doesn't go for every one of them, but there's usually a, not a great exchange that happens in that process. And then yeah. what happens is the, the, the thing they get usually is you dealing with someone who's not a nice person taking the picture, but yeah. you really do love all the people who are looking at that picture. Yes. <laughs> Which is always the, that's always the difficult part is like, it's really just the jerk who's doing that. So just be aware that if there was somebody being jerky, taking your picture, you'd probably be like that too. Like keep that in mind with people when you see pictures of them, that generally that's what's happening. Mm. You know, they really like the people who are looking at the picture. <laughs> Let's go through some IMDb. Okay. 1991 City Slickers. Yeah. You played Danny Robbins. Yes, I did. Who was Danny Robbins? Uh, this was your first role. He was um, Billy Crystal's son. Uh, you were Billy Crystal's son in yes, City I Slickers? Was. Yes, I was. Did you know this, Tommy? No, I Kyle's never seen City Slickers. He's, he's How a old are you? How Kyle's old are you? He's like 24. Oh, How old are you? You're 24? You've never seen City Slickers? Yeah. That's like on VHS. You don't even know what VHS yeah, is. He's you, Literally. You're lying, If you're 24, Kyle. you're like, I said to somebody the other day, I was talking about crisscross. Yeah. And I was like, because I, by mistake the other day, I was so, we were super busy promoting this movie and I put on my underwear backwards and I wore them on backwards all day long. And then I had to change for something and I was like, oh, oh no, it wasn't changing. I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I was like, what the, f-? There's no I literally hole. was like, yeah. whoa. What's and then I was on? like, what's wrong with me? And then, so that happened. I turned them around. I like weirdly in the bathroom went and like turned them around. And then it was strange because I was like in a doctor's office. It was weird. It felt uncomfortable. And then- I went home and I had to go do some event that night and I walk into the event and I realized my t-shirt's on backwards. I was like, what's wrong with so you're me? you losing your mind. So I'm talking to these people, they're 20, 23, 24. And I'm like, man, I put on my shirt on backwards and my underwear on backwards today. And da, da, da. I was like crisscross. And they were like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, no, no, this is Blank happening. Slate. Yeah. No. That's the way it is. It's happening. The mid nineties is officially the nostalgia zone. Yeah. Like the MTV has a show called 90s House where the no. people have to dress and act like they're in the 90s. That's how old we are. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, That's where we're headed. I, I got to say, like, they don't know the Sprite commercial with Criss Cross. Like, nah, come on. No. Like, it's like, yo, Chris, what up? What is that? What up? <laughs> what Something. Up? What's his name? And he's like, what's it in your hand? What it's up, the Chris? S to the P R I T E can. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Understand the cross, Chris. Drink the crazy, crazy twist of unexpectedness that you can never miss. So, what's your name? Daddy, M A C. And what's your drink? S P R I T E. What? Because it's a lifesaver when you need this. thirst quencher, like a kiss with a lime and twist. Now you know that's kicking. What? So, drink up, drink up is all you got to do. Why? Because I like the sprite in you. Wow. Come on. I wish we had 90s. a crowd to applaud right now. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, thank you so thank much. You. What do you remember about October Sky? Oh, wow. In 30 seconds. Uh, Chris Cooper, before he was Chris Cooper, Laura Dern, um, being 16 years old, um, having no idea what it was like to be in a movie, let alone a star in a movie. And um, and you had like your own trailer and stuff. Yeah, and my own trailer. names on a door. Yeah, but I like expected a lot like of like, you know, pomp and stuff. Like I expected it to be kind of like, you know, movie set. And really what I realized what, I think what, 
what, what good hard work it is yeah. at 16. And I was like pulled out of my second semester and my senior year in high school to do this. And it was a huge honor, but I remember Chris Cooper. That's what I'll say. 30 seconds or less, Chris Cooper. Um, Just being a me, pro? Well, him saying to me in one fight scene we had, I was yelling, yeah, I was so excited because, you know, fight scenes for actors are always the most fun, you know? Yeah. And he was like, he stopped me and he was like, stop. Just listen to what I'm saying to you. And the whole entire scene changed. Um, so. Interesting. I've taken that advice from. Chris Cooper. Yes. Yes. Donnie Darko. That was your breakout movie. 2001. It's funny. Um, that movie was like a flop when it first came out. I know, but then it became like it had this whole second, I'm, third, fourth, and fifth, and seventh life. I know. Um, what do I remember? Um, 22 days. We shot in 22 days. and um, 22 days? 22 days. Jesus. Yeah. My sister's in it. Um, I remember Patrick Swayze, who was the consummate gentleman. I call him the great Patrick Swayze. He you is can call great. him Patrick Swayze. No, he is the great, the great Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. He really Incredible is. Incredible run. Yeah. And he's just, he was just the kindest man, you know, just the kindest man. Like the, the version of, you know, the star that you would always hope people would be, you know, great man. Um, the good girl, that's one with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. We made out. Yeah. We simulated sex and we made out in that movie. That's all I remember. (laughs) Simulated. Um, (laughs) Was that your first simulated sex scene? Yeah. It was real kissing, but it wasn't real kissing, but yeah. it was simulated sex, yes. Did you wear like the patch, the dick patch? What do they call that thing? <clears throat> that giant that giant circle patch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the giant circle patch in giant. my case. Yeah, it was Huge. giant. Huge, to get the extra yeah. large. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I do remember a pillow between us. That's what I remember. Good. And it was that Need moment. The pillow. I remember actually like, uh, yeah, I remember being like, man, I like, I don't know what I like. I have to be naked, like- this is weird. I have to make it with Jennifer Aniston. Oh my at the god! Peak yeah, of her powers. That was really Brad Pitt's gonna awesome. be mad at you. That was awesome and horrible at the same time. It was yeah. like so incredible. Yeah, Pitt. It was like, you know, you were psyched, and then you were also like, I'm gonna get my ass beat. It was like, but you didn't. He was cool. And nice. yeah, it's laid back. That Brad Pitt. He was great. Moonlight Mile, which is he's tall too. Actually, Pitt's pretty tall, like six feet. I don't know. 5'10"? Moonlight Mile, for the record. On cable. Dustin Hoffman, not tall. Um, Yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, he's short. (laughs) Moonlight Mile, on cable a lot lately. Really? I don't know why. Huh. Yeah, on cable a lot. That that was just a bad haircut. That's the best thing I can remember. No, I don't... That was literally the all-star group of actors. I, I was 23. I have no idea how I got that part. And it was Susan Sarandon, Dustin Hoffman, Dabney Coleman, Holly Hunter. I, it was every single scene with another extraordinary legend. And I learned more on that movie. There, there are two or three movies along the way that I learned about acting from. Like, so what'd you learn in that movie? I remember seeing with Holly Hunter, well, Dustin all the time. I mean, knowing particularly that acting in film is very different than acting on the stage. Yeah. Um, and you can you can do a lot off camera. Um, and you can really help your fellow actor a lot too and be engaged and make it new. And he does that he does that a lot, you know. I heard maybe he was changed by this point, but he had the reputation for being super difficult to work with though, at mm-hmm. some point. Like the Kramer versus Kramer. Did you read that stuff? I didn't. Wrote, I think they wrote a book about Meryl Streep, and there's this whole chapter about Kramer versus Kramer and how. Oh yeah. He would 
like make her really cry to get the performance he wanted. He was one of those guys. He yeah. must have mellowed out by 2002. Uh, no, I think he did a little bit of that too. But I think he made I, you cry. Well, no. Yeah. Well, no. No. He tried. I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> I, often. No. I mean, the thing about it is, is like, and this is the thing about acting is we're all different animals, right? Like, I mean, I think we're all different animals in whatever we do. And if you're a professional in particular, I think you have to be aware that not everybody is the same animal. And that's something I've learned too. I'm definitely similar in style, not similar in caliber of talent, but definitely similar in style to Dustin in that. I believe you can, you should undo what you believe are the rules, you know, like you can get really caught in rules and ideas and preconceptions about a scene. And I think he's the kind of person who undoes those things and breaks you open into a new space. And I'm always down for that because it's a sacred space. I believe it's a sacred space. I believe once you get in front of that camera, like anything goes right. And you better be prepared for anything. And like, if you're, if you're down, I'm down. If you go far, that's why I love Tatiana Mislani in the, in stronger, because she's like that. There's a scene in the movie where she screams in my face. That doesn't scare me, Jeff. That was her line. Cause I was at her in the scene Yeah, and she screamed back at me. That doesn't scare me, Jeff. It's in the movie. It's such beautiful work by her. But you didn't know that was coming? No, we're just in the scene together and I'm going at her and she was going at me. And cause these characters in the movie have a lot going on. And there's so much love between them, but there's so much pain and so much guilt and so much stuff. And she's going at me and I went at her and I was yelling. I when I, I yelled at her. I yell at the character yells at her in the scene. He says, you know, um, why do you want me? Like, why do you want me? Like, I'm a piece of shit. Like, why do you want yeah. me? And she's like, that doesn't scare me. And I'm screaming it at her. And she's like, that doesn't scare me, Jeff. And it was like, <gasps> like you yeah. know, I think in that scene, when you hear that line too, you go, <gasps> and you feel her power. You feel her strength. And he tries to, he tries to take her down and she goes, no. And that's the way their relationship is through the whole movie. So I think I love actors like that. I think preparation, discipline, planning, uh, all of those things are everything and are important to the process, but you got to throw them away and then you got to come up with ideas in the moment because, you know, new things are going to happen. And Dustin was like that. We do this podcast called The Rewatchables where we break down movies that people have seen a million times. We did, I did Silence of the Lambs last week with my oh, friend Chris awesome. Ryan. Yeah. And in the research of it, found out that the first time Jodie Foster had the scene with Hopkins when he, she goes down in the cellar and she does the accent, he ad-libs something about how he can tell it's her accent. Like he basically makes fun of her accent as Anthony Hopkins, but through Lecter and it rattled her and made her upset, which is what he wanted. And then got whatever performance he was hoping for. I was like, I love that shit. I love when the actors are like kind of pushed, nudging each other a little bit. I think that's the game. I mean, that's the fun part. That's the fun when you get to a place. Like that's why you come prepared. Yeah. Because if you're not ready, like the truth is, if you don't have everything down, your research, all of your lines in an unconscious way, which is about preparation. Like I have learned from working with the, having had the privilege to work with such incredible actors, like, you know, like literally like get off the field, you know? And, and so I come in and I'm ready to go, you know? And in truth, like, if you're not ready to go, like, I'm going to like, I'm going to do my, I'm going to do my thing. And, and I think that's, I think that's beautiful. You know, kind of really sounds do. like basketball. Yeah. You're like the captain of a basketball team. It's like, get off the court. Yeah. I mean, look, hey, we're, we're this running is, today. It, it is an honor to be doing it. Yeah. There are so many people who want to be doing it. 
And there's so many people who, who deserve to be there, probably maybe more than me or the other people who are doing it too, yeah. you know? And the truth is, if you're there, like, you better play hard, you know? And like, that's definitely how I, that's definitely how I feel. But I think it's a different thing too, because you can't just go all, you have to be vulnerable too. Right. You have to be open. You have to be able to love. You have to be able to say, I'm, I'm a little broken too, you know? It's not all just like, push back, push back. It's also saying, who are you? This is me, you know? And that's why I think, you know, actors are, relationships with, with actors are are amazing, you know? They're, I think they can be really cool people. So at some point you became kind of one of the it guys, it young guys. Like it, like the yeah. horror movie or like- No, like you <laughs> probably had a lot of options. People are like, everyone loves to do the, he's next, here he comes. Right. And you get to do that whole wave of publicity. Did the day after tomorrow summer right. movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it seems it seems like you're kind of already starting to veer toward no, no. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to actually make some choices. Yeah, I mean, because um, your next couple are all like thoughtful choices. Well, what happens in a career when you're young and you start is you first don't have much choice. You just go and audition and you hopefully get parts. And if you do get the parts, then you just psyched to be working. Yeah. You know, so I I got lucky to be making some really, you know, get get cast in some really nice films, you know. And then you sort of go into a period of time where you're like cast and then also are, are auditioning. So whatever you get, you're kind of doing too. And then eventually over time, sometimes if you're lucky enough, then you get to make those choices. So there are people making choices for you really early yeah. on. So a lot of these choices we're talking about are not fully mine. They're other people's and um, great filmmakers. So about the day after tomorrow is like when things sort of started to come. But I fought, I mean- like right after Day of Tomorrow, I was like- You have a nice run right after that. Yeah, and I think yeah. that run came from a mix of like things like Donnie Darko and also The Day After Tomorrow because all of a sudden you're in a movie that makes money and then, then that filmmakers the go, door. okay, we could put him in a movie and all that stuff. And then uh, it was like Jar- uh, Jarhead, like Sam Mendes and John Madden and Gwyneth Which Dalton one was movies. first? Because 05, you made three movies. Yeah. Three good movies. Brokeback, Proof, and Jarhead. Yeah. It was it's a solid year. Yeah, man. Congratulations. Thank you very much. (laughs) Fucking 12 years later. Um, Jesus. Thank you. Um, I've been waiting for that for 12 years. No no one's congratulating me about that year. Except for you. So thank you. Um, Awesome. Yeah, I think. Three very different movies. Crazy different movies. Proof did. Proof did. Didn't that have some Oscar nominations and stuff? I vaguely remember. I don't know. Um, No, I don't. I don't think. Maybe. I don't know. Shit. I should know. Brokeback did. You lost the crash though. Yes, we lost a crash. Yeah, that that has not aged well. That decision. Which? Oh, the decision. <laughs> that no. is uh, that. Uh, anytime there's an Oscar travesties or worst know, Oscar like decisions, in the article, it's, it's always, always in the in top there. five. It's like holy it's shit, crash beat broke back. I know. It's kind of it's more amazing over time. <laughs> that was that was a great movie, and uh, it's 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 hard to watch now because of Heath Ledger. Just like. Especially you see that, or you see the uh, the Dark Knight, or even Ten Things I Hate About You. Like, guy was a great actor, and yeah. we don't have a lot of great actors now. Nope. you know he's not there. I know you became super close to him when you did the film, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, can you even watch that movie now? Yeah, of course I can. What's it like to watch it now that he's not here? It's beautiful. I mean, 
you know, for me and for all of us who made that movie, it's a making a movie is a very different experience from watching that movie, you know, but that movie was the process of it was particularly special. You know, it was like, you know, what I remember from that is like little things like watching Ang Lee do Tai Chi in the morning and a bite by a river. We were all living in our trailers. So right next door to each other. So it was like me and then, um, Michael Hausman, who's our first AD, and then Ang Lee had his trailer, and then Heath had his trailer, and Heath and and Michelle Williams, they they fell in love on that movie, and yeah. so yeah, so they were then in a trailer together, you know what I mean? And then it was like, and we had like six trailers, and we would eat in the morning, we'd have breakfast, someone you're just like breakfast. in the middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere, we're Wyoming, we know we were in Alberta, Canada, okay. yeah, and we would cook breakfast. Someone, one of us would cook breakfast. We'd all meet up. We'd have breakfast, have some coffee. And then one by one in order of who was working first, we'd walk to set. And for the first month of that movie, it was that. And, um, we, we, we weren't necessarily knew we were doing something special, like what it became. We had no idea anyone would see the movie. So. Or you just thought it was going to be like a indie. Yeah, man. Some two, two movie theaters and that's it. Yeah, at that time, no one was really telling stories like that, you know. So, it was it was Ang Lee who had was an extraordinary filmmaker. But I think we just went, yeah, it's a beautiful story. We want to tell it, and I don't think any of us knew the phenomena it would become. It's a phenomenon. It was crazy when it came out, and um, so for me, it's those times. I mean, to me, I think relationships are made not in, you know, the success of like the outward success, but in the connection. So, we are all very deeply connected due to the process of that. that and then, uh, then he's leaves the movies dating Michelle Williams and just keeps yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. That movie now, 12 years later, and there's been so much progress with so many different things. Although maybe some of that progress is now being uh flipped as, as this has been not a great year in the country, but yeah, um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't, I, I don't think that's going to go away. I know that that is a well, fear, but you know what I mean, though. Yes, I but, do. Uh, oh well, that prog. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, for the moment. But part of the narrative of that movie was like, it's a movie about these two, these two men who fall in love. Like this is so radical. Now it doesn't seem radical at all to watch it. Yeah, it's basically like a western where two guys fall in love. But it's there's been so much TV, movie, everything that it's. You know, in 2005, you could feel it like, oh God, oh God, oh, they're in the tent. Oh, oh wait, right, yeah, I'm yeah. not used to this. Yeah. Now nah, it's like, whatever. Yeah. Um, really? And the, well, it's more, it's more, <laughs> like, it's yeah, a Western. I mean, I'm into it now. <laughs> <laughs> you know I can't get I mean? enough. I have a gif of it. I gif it. I just put scenes? it on repeat. I just can't get enough of it. But it's like um, a Western now. I, I think that's just what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, it is a still, I think, a very, um, topical subject. I think it is still an issue. Um, yeah. like you said, I think, um, it was at the time much more, I think there weren't a lot of movies that were being made like that. Like I said, you know, like, I don't think we saw. Two- well, think about it, like kissing Jessica Stein was like 2002. And that was like this radical movie. There are these friends and they fall in love. And, right. And it just wasn't, wasn't really a plot. Yeah, I mean, it is very different in entertainment now. I mean, you have so many things being made about, you know, like same-sex relationships and transgender. And, you know, there's a lot of things. Gay characters, like it's... Right. um, But man, I got to say, like the response was so incredible from so many people. from the Oscar committee. Well, yeah, but also... That response wasn't incredible. Well, I mean... That was terrible. It was interesting. 
You know? I know you can't. You have to be. No, no, no. It was. I mean, look, man, it's like that movie was made for $12 million, which is a lot of money. Yeah. It made $250 million around the world. It's like, what do you make movies for? You know, for people to see them. Yeah. You know, and for people to be moved by them and to hopefully, because I do believe in the power of storytelling, change some lives, maybe have somebody see themselves in a different way, be moved, you know, walk in walk in tight, walk in closed, come out open, come out looking at the world in a different way or come in feeling like, oh, you know, like I got it made and then have somebody scare the shit out of you and you go like, whoa, you know, you know, there's so many different feelings that can be, can be brought by a great story. And to me, like I, it, I'm not being political when I say it was interesting because it is interesting. I think I study human behavior. That's what I do for a living. Yeah. I'm fascinated the way we behave, behave. You know, we are, and I speak for myself, I'm a, I'm a bundle of contradictions. Like I will say this and do something else. And I think we are all like that. And if you do this job in a way that can, you know, it's your life's work, you know, you can look at the world in a different way and it can teach you because it is an absurd job that I do. It's, it can be stupid, but it can also open doors and show you the world in a way that you've never seen before. Yeah. I, mean, I never thought I would meet Jeff Bowman when I saw that photograph of him. Yeah. I saw that photograph of him and I was like, I was devastated. I was angered. I was hurt. But who knew that I would meet him two years later right. and he'd be one of my friends and I make a movie about him. I mean, like that's, my, that's the job. Who knew that I would spend five months on the street with cops doing this movie, End of Watch, that I did and would change my life. I have two of my best friends in, in the world now because of that movie. End of Watch was really good. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. I don't, I felt like it should have been bigger. Really? Yeah, but see there. No, I we made it for we made it for very little, and it made I like, like that movie. fifty million bucks. That's pretty good. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. How good was Heath Ledger? As an actor? Yeah, I mean, I know he was a great actor, but was he potentially like an all-timer? What, like, what do you think would have happened the next 10 years of his career? Yeah, I think that- Because he- every choice he made, he was a totally different guy in each movie. Yes, I think you can feel that energy. I think you can feel that energy from that time. That I think one of the saddest things about the whole thing is that we won't be able to see his work. You know, but yeah, you can see how extraordinary he 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 was just figuring it out in a way. You know, and really expressing himself in a way. The, the best actors, you could take four movies that they're in and they're completely different in each one and they feel like different human beings in each one. You know what I mean? Him in Dark Knight has no correlation to him in like his previous three movies, which no. is why I think he had a chance to, especially as he got older, I think it would have been fascinating to watch the he choices also he made. So his like his net, the net of his energy went out to so many different people, you know, like and and since he died i think you i feel that a lot like all the people that he touched and interacted with who he was learning from yeah that was cut short you know there's such an eclectic mix of people he just had no judgment and he was so open artistically to people yeah and he was so he was an adventurer you know 
And I think that courage, that kind of boldness, you don't, you don't find in a lot of even really great actors, you know, like he was very, he was so, he he was always interested, you know, as so. You made Zodiac in 07 and you got to work with Fincher. Yeah. And Zodiac is now, it's been 10 years. I think everybody agrees it's a really good movie. There are some people who are like all the way in, like, no, this is the best movie of the 21st century. <laughs> You're so right. You don't You're understand. So right. so you don't right. understand. You, let's go through each scene. Like there's psychos about it. We have a yeah. couple on the ringer staff. Yeah. It's uh, Chris Ryan's favorite movie, who I no respect. Way. But uh, Fincher, probably Pika, right as he's hitting the peak of his powers, what'd you learn from him? Well, he like- um he, that year was really interesting for him because he hadn't made a movie for a little while. He had been through a pretty rough divorce. And then I think he had stopped making movies because he wanted to be there for his daughter. Yeah. And then he was like, I got to, I want to get back into it. And he decided to make Zodiac, but he also decided to make Benjamin Button at the same time. So he made a deal to say, I'll do Benjamin Button if you let me make Zodiac. Yeah. And so it was kind of <laughs> like- It sounded like Zodiac was, was Tango and Cash. It was like a Yeah, it was movie. like, it was the movie that I think he, he it was a movie that he had wanted to make that he knew he wanted to make in a particular way. Yeah. And- um, The colors are amazing in it. I mean, like, Harris He actually Savita's, made yeah. it seem like 1969 in the first- That's I don't a, know how they, I don't know how people do shit like that. It, That's well, the part as like somebody who's not in the industry. Like I'm always like, that's just amazing. It was, I mean, he's extraordinary Fincher, but like he had one of the best cinematographers- to have ever lived in Harris Savides who shot that movie. So the big wide TVs have helped that movie. Oh yeah. The big HD, like all that stuff. Yeah. Like Zodiac's gonna win long term as the equipment gets better, I think. Well, there's some scary, really legit scary moments in that movie. Yeah. But I also think people who are really love cinema, like they watch that and they go, We're so used to the resolve, like that the brilliance of that movie is about, you know he turns it right back on the viewer in this yeah. way where he's like, deal with your own shit, you <laughs> right. know? And you're like, no. <laughs> and that's, most people are like, God, it's brilliant. Other people are like, Whoa, oh God, can't we just have seven again? You know? Right. Um, yeah, you so, go in the basement with that dude at the end. It's like, good, good. This, uh, we're yeah. going to get some answers. Like, nah, nope. you're just going to run out of the house. Yeah. We're going to get <laughs> yeah. no answers. Yeah. <laughs> no answers. We're going to like bring you into the own sickness in your own mind. Yeah. And we're going to just like confuse you and spit you out of the theater. That was, that's, Sort of, but you I got think some it, Downey Jr. in that movie. Oh yeah, I got a lot of Downey Jr. Man, As we did a lot of work together. Another acting lesson I learned: we did an amazing scene where he we rehearsed, and he decided he wanted to wear red socks and put his red socks up on the table. And then I realized they were in the foreground of my close up, and he was stealing the scene even while even with his red socks. Just like fuck with you. That's one. That's these are actor tricks, man. You know, you got to be, you know, if you're, you know, you're caught slipping, like that's it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, people don't realize. So he's, he's approaching that almost like a showdown with you. Oh yeah. It's like a, it's, he's so brilliant. It's like sometimes like a psychological game. You don't even realize and you're in it and he's like, checkmate bitch. And you're like, (laughs) fuck, you know, you're in the middle of the scene and you're like, I'm killing it with all my, oh fuck. They're looking at his feet, you know, like that's, that's, that's Downey, you know? Downey. Do you think he goes into the movie? Like I'm winning the movie. I'm looking at Ruffalo. I'm looking at <laughs> Gyllenhaal. I'm taking these dudes down. Probably, yeah. I mean, somewhere. I mean, no. He is the most like loving, inclusive. Um, Everybody funny. loves Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. Very high Q and rating. You, with I the, think there's a respect. The industry. Yeah, there's a respect. There's a respect, a deep respect for Robert. But there's a deep respect when someone gets one over on you. You know what I mean? I, it's like 
it's one of those things. I like, I watched that scene. You can see it in the movie and you're just, I just watch every time. I'm like, you idiot kid. So when <laughs> the, the way you played the character in that movie, yeah. do you have to, cause how do you know, like, all right, I'm going to play him this way. I'm going to play him as kind of like this little nervous, um, kind of withdrawn into himself, suspicious. Do you study like what, what the guy was like, or is that just your interpretation of it? Yeah. 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 I, 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 the Robert Graysmith, who I play in that movie, he's a real guy and it's, you know, based on a true story. So he's, he's in existence and I saw his behavior and, um, so you just pick some ticks from him basically. Kind of. I mean, you know, a lot, some of it's written, some of it's my interpretation at the time, you know, I was a lot younger. I mean, I'm very different now than I was when I was creating right. characters, you know, I was trying to figure it out. Um, so yeah, at that time I, I watched him, I observed him. I, I didn't spend a whole lot of time with Gray Smith, but, uh, yeah. Is that the movie people bring up to you the most or what's, Zodiac? what is the movie? Yeah. Uh, like Donnie Darko, I think. Uh, Donnie Darko. Still? Wow. Back. Yeah. Yeah, Donnie Darko, definitely. It's like some weird rite of passage for people. Like Dustin Hoffman once told me that um, he said he has all the same fans that he had since the graduate. They just all have blue hair now. Yeah. And like that, I sort of get that, like, you know, but I feel like Donnie Darko is like a rite of passage, like in your college years, like, you know, like take a hit from the bong Cypress Hill style and like watch Donnie Darko, you know, and all of a sudden you're You don't like, have people cornering you with their theories of the Zodiac Killer? No, <laughs> no, I really right, so don't. People out there, if you want to corner Jake, yeah. he loves hearing your Zodiac. There curse. it is. <laughs> there He's it a is. Huge fan of it. Prince of Persia, 2010, your one superhero movie. Yeah. And it didn't go well. And then that was it. You were out. I mean, it just depends. It's relative what you mean. Well, you made a lot of money. I mean, kind of, I, it, uh, it was a really interesting adventure. You know, it's like, it is an adventure. That movie. It's funny. A lot of people talk to me about that movie being some sort of turn in my career where I decided, okay, I'm going to like do something different. I've talked about that. That was my interpretation. Is it? Yeah. That's not true. I mean, man, I put just as much work into that one as I, as I have in everything I've done. You were jacked. Right. You definitely like physically, (laughs) physically you had like 20, well, it's like 25 pounds of muscle. No, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I was, I was young, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I was I was really excited by that idea. I, I thought it was a really cool idea. And, you know, I think what I realized is it's hard to do the kind of character work that I like to do, like in a movie a certain size. Like yeah. if you're going to do a very large movie like that, which I would love to do, I want to yeah. do. I'm not like- So you're also open wanna, for business for large movies. Absolutely. Okay. I just People wanna, out there, he's open for business. Yeah. I just want to create a, I just want to be able to create a, a real character that, you know, people go, oh, he's still doing what I like, like what he does, you know, true to what I do. But So what franchise scale. are you jealous of then? Like, do you be like, if in an alternate universe, like, would you- Born is- Born, born is I was going to say, Born, born seems the, like the ultimate one. Born is the shit. Born is it. So you just got to take Mission Impossible from Tom Cruise. You'd be Ethan Mission Hunt's Impossible. brother, Bob. Mission Impossible is different than in, Born, just though. take it. Mission no, just one of those spy, like just, you need movies where you're a spy and you're running, just running as fast as possible. You run in a weird way. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this, but his, his palms are like way, way far away from his body and he's running down. like he's like skiing or something. So, um, so, so people out there need to rate you a, a spy franchise. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, but the thing about Bourne is it's not just that, it's that 
It is the best concept ever. It's a guy who doesn't know who he is, and then he has to go search for who he is. But he yeah. also has like the sh- awesomest fucking fighting skills <laughs> right. on earth. And he's like, "How am I so awesome?" It's like yeah. it's that's the reason it's great is because he doesn't know who he is, but who he is is awesome, right? So you're like, "Oh, whoa!" And then you get to make three movies about like trying to figure out who you are, and you know, it's that's amazing. That's amazing. I liked Source Code. Thank you. I like I like movies like that that mess with your brain and. You have to keep reliving things and always a gimmick that works for me. Well, sounds like life. So yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and to watch mm-hmm. 50 million. Not bad. Yeah. I liked it. I thought I, I love LA cop movies. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. I feel like that could almost be a channel. There's not quite enough of them yet, but it'd be like <laughs> stars, LA cops like that. Be on there. I'd at least flick by everyone's want to see what's on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Which one? Which one? Uh, which one resonated more? Do you think? Which one in Source Code versus End of Watch? I think they're similar in terms of being resonant. I would say End of Watch because you know I cannot tell you how many you know law enforcement men and women have come up to me and just said you know how we did it right. Nice. Yeah, that was that. You know, I spent five months on that movie. I spent five months in Southeast LA, like with Sheriff Department and Los Angeles, Inglewood and LAPD. And I learned so much about the world and what they do. And, uh, and they, they, they didn't hold a lot back, you know, like, and, and that was incredible. And I hope. What does that mean? They didn't hold a lot back. Well, over time, I mean, look, you look, when you have ride alongs and things like that, initially, like you see journalists do those things and they do them for like a couple nights or whatever. And you're putting those guys in danger. Like those women and men who are doing that job, when they yeah. have to carry two more people or one more person in their car with them, it's like they have to look after you and they have to do their job, right? right. And and I also think that there's usually like they, they want to they initially want to put out this idea of like perfection, you know, as we all do in what we do. And then over time, I think you start to learn the human beings behind the the badge, and um, I think that's what I mean. Uh, and it was really five months with five different sets of partners that we spent time with, both me and Michael Pena, who were in that movie. And and we learned about them as humans. Like, you know, whenever you get to know anybody, you get to know they're all, they got their complications and they're also pretty incredible. Prisoners is, you wouldn't watch that one 10 times. Yeah, that's that's Denny Villeneuve. It's a good one watch. That's, that's Denny and he's an incredible, you know, he did Arrival and he did... Um, he did Sicario and he did Blade Runner. It's coming out. Sicario was a good one. Yeah. 2014 Nightcrawler. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That movie, that movie was a movie I produced with the first, one of the first movies. I mean, I executive produced End of Watch, but I produced um, Nightcrawler and that was an incredible, incredible group of people. And just this amazing script that Dan Gilroy wrote and his first time director and he just killed it. I mean, that was like, Talk about an experience that stays with you. That character definitely stayed with me. It's like, yeah, he's intense. First time director, you start like bullying him around, telling him, hey man, let me tell you how this goes. <laughs> yeah, no. Cause I was like not eating for that movie and I yeah. I lost a ton of weight and I was like basically out of my mind. So I wasn't doing much except, but the great Bill Paxton is in that movie and um, he's incredible in that movie. And I do believe that, Everything that that man was in and everything that he touched was successful because he was in it. 
even if he plays like a small part in the different movies we've seen, you look at his work, all the movies are successful, and I think it's because of him. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So you've done the Lost a Ton of Weight movie. You've done the boxing movie. <laughs> I love my career has been like whittled you, down to you like haven't a few done phrases. The, you haven't done the put on 45 pounds movie. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully I have a little more time. Then after that, I'm done, right? Eh, there's a couple more we can come up with. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cut your hair really short movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Jarhead, that's already done. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did that one already. Yeah. Have, Play- you, have you dyed your hair blonde in a movie? Oh, uh, there, there you go. You go. Right. I grew right. my beard really long. We've done that movie a couple times. So yeah. shave my beard off movie. Yeah. How about like handlebar mustache? Yeah, that's actually, that's deep in the toolbox. I don't bring that okay. out unless okay. I have no fucking idea about the character. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I well, pull What about out. like an 1860s Western? Yeah, actually I did just do that. I just did a movie with this incredible director, Jacques Odiard, who did this movie, uh, A Prophet, and okay. he with Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley. Yeah, it's it's coming out probably next year. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, John C. Riley, Riz Ahmed, like amazing cast. Nice. And yeah, and I have a bit of a handlebar in that. So and it is eighteen fifty Oregon, uh Oregon. you know, gold rush. So cool. there you go. I guess I cross that one off my list. We're yeah. running out of time, so I gotta ask you about okay. Southpaw. Go just talk faster. Boxing movie. Okay. What you had um, to do a boxing movie because yeah, because you you love the craft and all great actors have to do a boxing movie. It's just a rule. <laughs> Who hasn't done a boxing movie? Who's an actor who's at a certain level? So I mean, you had to do it, right? How much boxing training? That six months of boxing training. Oof. I didn't know how to box at all, so I did it twice a day. I was like, I do you figured, feel like it, did you hit that point that it seems like most people hit where they're like, I could do this? No. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I think De Niro thinks he could have like won the welterweight title or whatever. Well, that's why he's really good in that movie. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I I definitely felt like I got really good and I feel like I learned so much and I didn't even know how to box. And now I feel really confident, you know, with my skills. And, um, but yeah, there was, there was a moment when we were filming where, you know, we were fighting and I was like, I, I, in, in really, in, truthfully, like, yes, there was a moment where I was like, okay, I could probably do a little bit of like amateur stuff that, mm. you know, but I also know like, you know, no. Yeah. Not when you see, not when you see what everybody, they go through. Who's your wife in that movie who dies? Who plays Alicia the wife? McAdams. It's rough, man. I, I have to say, I, I, I knew it was coming and it's still, 
It's only like 20 minutes in the movie. You're like, oh, whoa, is she going to die? Wait a second. Because you think it's Rachel McAdams. You think she's going to be in it. I know. You're at like, least I like her better more than I like him. Yeah, why is he dying? Like why, why is it he Don't kill Rachel. Can she at least be in the hospital for a while? I want to see she's her in a boxing movie. I know. I know. Well, somebody said to me the other day, they were like, hey, what was that movie? I'm trying to think. I loved it so much. It's the one where your wife died. And I was like, there were three movies in a yeah. row where I didn't, like, no joke where that happened. So I was like, I don't know. Um, there it's, was a weird period of time in there where that just great stories and that happened. And I'm not sure why that, why. But. It seems like you could have mixed in a rom-com in here just for your insanity. Maybe you could have just been like a, I mean, an architect too. He was like, literally turned around. He was like, you know, I mean, I, these things keep me sane. Honestly, no, you know, like being Sounds able like to it. get out, you know, what's in here in my head and in, in my heart is, you know, very helpful. It's like, what is so cool about my job? You can, you can be crazy and people are like, oh, amazing. You know, <laughs> right. so it's, it's, it's the best part, you know what I mean? And they pay you. So it's like, what? It's, yeah. That's why we're all like total narcissists, you know? So Everest. Yes. Yeah. Really good big TV movie. Yeah. Nice shots of the mountain. Not a happy ending. It's good though. I, when it's on, it's been on. It's on the cable rotation yeah. now. And I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm in for 40 minutes and yeah. you just kind of get sucked in. It's good. I, I don't know. I like those movies when you you have to put yourself in the situation yeah. of the characters in a bad situation. Yeah. And that's definitely one of those. Like, yeah. all right, what would I do? Yeah. What would you do? I don't know. I, I first of all, I wouldn't have climbed the mountain, yeah. so I wouldn't have been in there. That's but a yeah, it's it's crazy uh, thing to do. That's not a feel good movie. I guess it kind of is a feel good movie. I mean, who loses? Who who it's gets saved at the end? But they don't movie. have a nose. Yeah, it's, it's like feel- I'm still alive. Josh I have a Brown. nose. Josh Brolin has Brown. no nose. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm yes. still here. My nose is gone. <laughs> Nocturnal animals. Tom Ford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What was he like? Oh, well, Jeff, Jeff Bowman makes fun of me in this thing we did where he was like, he's like, what was that movie where you fell in your gun and you shot yourself? And I'm like, we did this like video we did together. Where he interviews me and I was like, Nocturnal Animals. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, you fell on your own gun and you shot yourself? He's like, you're an asshole. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tom Ford is, Tom Ford is incredible. I mean, I can't. I just don't believe how his mind works, you know? And he wrote this screenplay and it was, he sent it to me. It was just amazing. The screenplay was amazing. I, I, I was like, I kept flipping back. Like, did it say Tom, was written by Tom Ford? Like, this yeah. is incredible. And then working with him, you know, is the same way. He's like, he's meticulous. Um, but he also really loves actors and he gave us a lot of space. And uh, The movie visually was really cool. Yeah. Like the the colors were that was another yes. movie with weird colors, colors and people, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then stronger. Yeah, I mean there was a bunch. There's a bunch of others. No, I skipped yeah, over. Like skipped 20. over a lot. There's a lot more. They're like lot, forty. Man. You might want to take like I did four do, months off. I did and, do a musical on Broadway this winter, and uh, the cast album came out uh, on the fe- fe- Friday, September twenty second, same day. Stronger came out. So um, yeah, that I'm very proud of too. Besides m- the movies I'm in and. You know, just being on stage too, because I, I think you need time. to mix a. I think you need a sports, a lighthearted sports movie. Dude, I'm in. I'm all in. Like you're 
but I'm getting older, so like kind of like gotta... a for love for love of the game type of. Ooh, all right, yeah, okay. Aging guy trying to keep it together, like he used to be the best, like major league, like Tom. Yeah, Berenger you need a used major to be the league. best, but no, still trying to Eric keep Robert, it together. No, Tom Berenger, Tom, Tom Berenger, yeah. Major League is, by the way, it's held up classic. I Have love you seen your major sister's league. show, by the way? Not yet, not yet. But I can tell you that I know she's incredible in it because she is incredible, and she's it's been, a great show. You've seen it. Well, I've seen the first two episodes. Why don't you interview her? Huh? Yeah, exactly. Why? No, I'm kidding. Anyway. I would love to interview her. No, I'm kidding. Her. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, she's like, she. I know when she nailed it, nails it because she's, I can feel that energy. It's like, she's very excited about it. She's excited about the work she did in it. And she loves the people she works. She loves David Simon and she loves Pelicano and she loves James Franco. And when was the last time you guys worked in the same movie? Like Donnie Darko. Yeah. So you need to have some sort of sibling. There's, maybe know. there's some sort of uh some sort of thriller. <laughs> sibling thriller would sibling be so thriller. awesome. Can you imagine sibling, sibling thriller? thriller? Write that one down. Get that one down. <laughs> sibling thriller, maybe you're con- you're That'd trying be- to contest the will. <laughs> it's, it's just it keeps spiraling out of control. We leave weird notes in each other's houses like middle of the night, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. You're married to somebody she doesn't like. Yeah. She just yeah. Takes her out. Yeah. <laughs> um, good luck with the movie. It's it's Thank excellent. You, I, I cannot uh, recommend it highly enough. I know I was probably one of the wheelhouse audiences for it, but I thought it was fantastic. I thought you were great. It. No, it was actually really uh, women over 35, but you know. Is that you, what it was? Yeah, apparently, but you fit right I would right say in everybody there. in Massachusetts <laughs> yeah. would be right Oh, yeah, there probably well. people in Massachusetts, yeah. but our core audience is really but women over 35. But it's excellent. Thank you. Thanks man. for coming on, man. It's Appreciate been an it. honor. All right. It's an honor.